Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to show you something as we begin today. You know what this is? This is a, a basket of balloons. Empty. They're empty balloons. Without the Holy Spirit in our lives, this is what life looks like. Empty. But, if you take a little bit of breath and breathe it into one of these, you can fill it up. Filled up. Lifted up. Brought to Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. To breathe life into us. To fill us up to lift us up, to bring us to Jesus. In the Hebrew and the Greek language, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the word for Holy Spirit essentially means breath or, or wind. The, the word in Hebrew is the word ruach. In the Greek, it's the word panoima. Both of those things mean wind or, or breath. You can't see it, but you can certainly feel its effects. Today is the day of Pentecost in the church year, and Pentecost literally means 50th day. The 50th day of, of what, you might ask? Well, way back in Leviticus chapter 23, it was commanded to the Jews that after celebrating the Passover, which was an annual feast, that 50 days later, they should gather together for a one-day harvest festival. So, if you remember, even in our regular calendar, 50 days ago was Holy Week, essentially, Maundy Thursday. Holy Thursday, Jesus and his disciples were in Jerusalem, along with many, many Jews, for the celebration of the Passover. That's why there were so many crowds in Jerusalem for the last week of Jesus' life. They were celebrating the Passover. Now it's 50 days later, and the disciples of Jesus are back. They're back, right? And so are many of the same Jews who had been here just 50 days before. And on this day, the disciples of Jesus are all gathered together in one place, and something like a mighty rushing wind, Ruach, Ponoima, right? The Spirit, the mighty rushing wind comes and fills this room. Right? It fills up this room. And that's why the disciples of Jesus were together, because Jesus had told them to do just that. In this Pentecost story, there are people gathered in Jerusalem from all over the known world. It said in verse 5, it said this, Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. So there were all these people, Dale read for us, all these people from all of these different countries, and every one of them spoke different languages, but they shared in common the Jewish faith. Now here they are, gathered in Jerusalem. The disciples of Jesus are gathered together, and they're all Galilean people. They only speak one language. But when this mighty rushing wind came upon them, the Holy Spirit filled them up and miraculously gave them the ability to speak in other languages. 
And they utilized this gift of the Spirit to then go into the streets and proclaim to the people in their own language so they could understand it, the good news of salvation that exists in Jesus Christ. Peter himself, we read, stood up in Acts chapter 2, and his sermon goes on. This is essentially the very first post-Easter sermon that is proclaimed in the scriptures about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It happens on this day, on this Pentecost day. Now, all of these things happened just as God had ordained it and as he had promised. It had been promised throughout the scriptures that the Holy Spirit would be sent among the people in the last days. In Peter's sermon in Acts chapter 2, which was just read for you, Peter stands up and he quoted from the Old Testament in the book of Joel. And and the prophet Joel had talked about in the coming days the Spirit will come and will fill people up. So it was prophesied even in the Old Testament that this would happen. Jesus himself in the gospel lesson from John chapter 16, he was very clear about the sending of the Spirit. The gospel lesson today happened uh, before the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he was very, very clear there that he would be sending his Holy Spirit upon his disciples. So everything that's happening right now is exactly because God had promised that it would be happening. This is how it works. And here it is. Here it is. Here it is. The Spirit of the living God coming upon Jesus' disciples after Jesus has ascended into heaven and they've been waiting around, here is the moment. The Spirit is breathed into them and it changes them. When the Spirit comes upon them, their eyes are opened and their their ears unstopped so that they can now fully see what it was that Jesus was doing. And they start to understand the Scriptures differently. So their ears and their eyes and their minds are open to God's word. And then their lives are emboldened by the Spirit to go into the world and to speak the good news of Jesus beyond their capabilities. And this is the credit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does all of this. It changes people's lives. It fills them up. It emboldens them. The work of the Spirit is to breathe life, to fill us up, to lift us up, to bring us to Jesus. I came across a, a really good video um, a couple of days back from a website called The Bible Project. Uh, if you've been with us over the last couple of years, I've used some of these videos uh, in our worship services before, um, and they're very, very good biblical um, animated videos that, that tell the story of the scriptures. And so uh, those of you who are on our email list, I sent this video out this last week, but there are a lot of you who haven't seen this. Um, And and so this video um, that we're about to show is four minutes long, and it tells the story of the Holy Spirit from the very beginning of the scriptures uh, to what is still yet to come for all of us. Take a watch at this. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place. But then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but... What is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. 
So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> so you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That, too, is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. This story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity, living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. Beautiful image, isn't it? Life. Life, the vitality of life. Breathing life into us is the Holy Spirit over and over again in our lives. And this is, this is what is promised for us in all of eternity, a perfected, resurrected life. The spirit of the living God who was there at creation and who will be there for all of eternity is just as much present in your life this day. And the work of the Holy Spirit is to fill you up, to lift you up, to bring you to Jesus. 
For those of you who are gathered here and consider yourselves Christians, the work of the Holy Spirit has already been evident in your life. If you are able even to speak, Jesus is Lord, the scriptures say you can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are baptized under the Christian faith, the Holy Spirit meets you in that gift to give you the gift of new life. And when the Spirit of the living God comes into your life, isn't that a life changer? Isn't that a life-changing thing it ought to be? Because this is what the Spirit does. It changes people's lives. The Spirit breathes life into us, fills us up, lifts us up, and brings us to Jesus. As a church, we state over and over again that we are alive in Christ. It is who we are as God's people. Those are pure gospel words. That when we were dead in our sins, when we were empty, God in his grace and mercy comes to us and fills us up and gives us new life. We are alive in Christ not because of what we do, but solely through the death and resurrection of Jesus, and we are brought into that experience by the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the Spirit in our lives, we are empty. We are nothing, but with the life-giving breath of the Spirit, we are brought into this new creation and we are, we are wrapped up mysteriously already in some ways participants in the future, not yet fully revealed new creation. And yet it is such a reality that we can even taste it this day. That is our hope. That is the, that is the trueness of this Christian story. Now, my friends, just as the Spirit did to the disciples on that first Pentecost day, the Spirit does for you and for me. The Holy Spirit is here to open our eyes and our ears to understand as much as humanly possible who Jesus is and what he's done for us. That's the work of the Spirit. And the Spirit is just as much at work in us to enlighten us and embolden us to speak the good news of Jesus in this world. This is the Spirit's work to embolden you to speak. Now you may not know what to say, but Peter, who stood up on that Pentecost day, he hardly knew what to say. He was just a regular fisherman. And 50 days earlier, he was the guy who denied Jesus. He denied even knowing him. And now here he is, back in the city, in the crowds that crucified Jesus, whom he had hid from, uh, afraid and locked himself in the upper room. Now he's in the streets proclaiming that Jesus has risen from the dead. If he can do it by the power of the Spirit, so too can you in the places that God sends you. So my dear friends in Christ, may you be filled with the Spirit today, knowing full well that you are. If you are a Christian, you're filled with the Spirit. And so may you be reminded that the work of the Spirit is to take you from being empty and fill you up, lift you up, and bring you to Jesus. That's the work of the Spirit. During our party today, we'll have this helium tank out. We'll have balloons out. I think Marcus is going to be filling up some balloons. And so if you're a child or a child at heart, you're welcome uh, to find a balloon as you leave today and take that home as a reminder to you that the Holy Spirit is alive and well in your life. But when the balloon shrinks up tomorrow or the next day, uh, don't take that into account about the work of the Spirit, okay? 
All right, we got the, the images break down eventually. But for now, go in God's peace. Go with the power and the vitality and the life of the Spirit. You are alive in Christ. You are. Go in his name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.